Welcome to Why Make, where we talk with makers from different disciplines about what inspires them to make, with your hosts, Rob Helmkamp and Eric Wolken. If you'd like to learn more about the makers we interview on Why Make, please go to our website, why-make.com. And please help support the Why Make podcast on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash why make podcast or the Patreon link on our website. Episode 43 of Why Make is a bonus make. We talk with Tom Lozier about the time he spent with Tommy Simpson in 1981 during a 10-day chairmaking workshop at the Boston University Program in Artisanry. Tom talks about Tommy's ability to tell a story through a narrative and his exceptional quality and speed as both a maker and a woodworker. So loosen up, get ready to reset your brain, and enjoy this bonus make conversation. Tom talking about Tommy. I think of Tommy Simpson as one of the people that sort of cracked the furniture at him and that they they got people away from this strict form function thinking, the sort of box that modern Scandinavian furniture had put the had put the furniture world in in the 50s and 60s. And the Fantasy Furniture Show in 1966 with Wendell Castle really sort of broke that world wide open with Wendell going with very sculptural forms and Tommy going with very sculptural and painted forms. And it seems like there's something there that was probably the kernel in your ideas of of starting to explore color, starting to you know, realizing the chair wasn't purely about function, that it could have these sculptural aspects to it. And then, of course, you do take a chair workshop with Tommy while you're at the, the Boston University program. If you, if you want to address any of the above, it was a workshop with Tommy. It was a class. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I think so. For me, the most important things about Tommy are his his ability to uh tell a narrative through uh, through an object that's that's the most important thing and um and two things his ability to tell a story through a narrative and his speed but uh, and although you know Tommy was painting furniture i think as far as my own interest in color Tommy's particular approach to painting isn't um is it what that wasn't the work that i most admired that used color he has his own particular style and it's perfect for her, for his work. That wasn't his most important influence on me. I think in his work, it's actually maybe some of the natural wood work that was the most eye-opening for me. And I think when Tommy came into, um, he came to the program in Artisanry, and what I remember is him sort of pulling up in a van or something, and the van was just full of all these furniture parts that he had done some shaping on in his studio in in Connecticut and then brought them up. So there were some beautiful already sort of pre-manufactured parts and then there was some rough wood and various sorts of pieces. And we set up in a, he set up in a room and, and sort of started working away. And we would, we sort of joined in and he was like the MC, master of ceremonies, running the whole thing and sort of keeping his finger in all the pies as the various chairs came together. And so I think I get, you know, given what, the student body at that program was very technically oriented. They liked woodworking techniques and things that were well made. And that came partly from Jerry and Alphonse. But I think Tommy, the whole group wouldn't have taken to Tommy if he wasn't also an incredible woodworker. And I think for me, that woodworking skill that Tommy has 
even as he, you know, playful, of course, comes up whenever one describes his work. But even within that, he he's a really good woodworker. And, I, and for me, I see it even more in the sort of natural wood parts and the sort of carved and shaped things, the places where he uses text and, and all of that. And the way everything goes together is like super solid. So for me, it was the way that he could tell a story in the pieces that he made. And then maybe the most important thing I got out of that that workshop or mini course was um, his speed at making objects. So at the, I would have said at the end of 10 days, we had, I can't remember if it was 8 or 10 or 12 finished chairs. And that was unheard of in one of the New England woodworking programs in those days because people had a very much of a sort of a masterpiece mentality and would putz around with their project for, you know, most of a semester and sometimes longer. And and so pieces were complicated and technically difficult and people procrastinated a lot. And then Tommy came in and with helpers generated this full exhibition of chairs in... Uh, I would have said it was 10 days, but I could be, I could, my memory could be wrong. And that made a huge impression on me because they were really fantastic objects. You know, they were as good as, they were better than anything that we made putzing all semester long. And um, one that made a really big impression. So did the mummy made me chair actually come out of that? Yeah. And so the, the mummy chair. And because I think of that as a complete narrative too. Yeah. So he, he, I mean, I think of, did, did Tommy actually wrap himself in cloth and show it, present himself in that chair to the class as legend goes, or that's not exactly what happened? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that happened at the photographer's studio. I'm not sure about that, but the way it unfolded was pretty great. Okay. Uh, I, my memory is that we had this one chair that was being built a little bit rougher and we didn't quite know where he was going. But I think I knew that Tommy had, did stuff with, um, they're called rag rugs, right? Where you weave rags and stuff. And so I sort of felt like the raw material that he had was the stuff that one might use to make a rag rug. And it was kicking around. I think it was sort of on the side of the studio, but I don't think he'd given away too much about what he was, what he had up his sleeve. And I think we all went home one night and when we came back, my, I, I went home, and when I came back the next day, he had wrapped everything, the whole chair, the runners, the everything was wrapped up in that rag rug material. And I just thought that was fantastic. So that made a really big impression on me. And then I think it was later that I saw the great photograph of him sort of wrapped up sitting sitting in the chair, which is a great image. You have it on the Make website, I think, in his photographs. Yes, so that's really cool. So that that I I'll never forget that chair. That had a really big influence. That you could have do something so quickly, and it could be so effective, and um, and so unlikely, and un, unpredictable, effective, unlikely, uh, original. Everything about it was great. It just kind of broke the mold of a finish, and you know, application of what you would normally see as the reality of a chair. I mean, I just love the idea that it's like, no, that's not a finish on it. It's actually wrapped in material, and that's its yeah. finish. That's how it outwardly displays itself to the world. <laughs> yep. No, I was going to go. Actually, I'm sort of curious whether you say that was part of Tommy's game plan because the material was kicking around. Do you think Tommy was actually thinking that was what he was going to do all along? 
Yeah. Or was it, uh, I'm, I'm really curious about his process because he's so quick. Yeah. Um, or whether in the, in, the, in the moment he saw the fabric in the chair and decided that they were the perfect match. It, that's, a, that's a process question that really, can people think that quick? I would have sat there and thought about it for weeks, if not months, and that, oh, that's the solution. It, it almost sounds, Tom, like maybe he brought a quiver full of stuff, of possibilities in his van, and that was one of them. I think he had that trick up his sleeve. Okay, okay. If I had to guess, I think he, he knew he was going to do, he was going to wrap a piece. He just didn't. Like he had been thinking about it for a while. <laughs> Either I wasn't listening very well, or I think he kept it to himself until he did it. Yeah. So it was, it was premeditated. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I think he. A premeditated chair wrapping. I think he had an idea that that was what he wanted to do with one of the chairs. Right. So what what, what were some other standout chairs that came from that that uh, mini class? Well, I think they were, were were they all rockers or they were all chairs. I can't remember if they were all rockers, but they had various sort of narratives and various things going on. And they were they were te- I think they tended to be kind of slat oriented constructions, and so. Tommy likes to put little items into the slat somewhere. So the slat might morph into a heart and then back into a slat. Or there might be text. Or mm-hmm. all, all Tommy's whole bag of tricks was, was in those chairs. And the other thing that was really cool was they were mixed, hard, mixed hardwoods. So there would be one kind of wood next to another kind of wood next to another kind of wood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he had, a, you know, at that point if he had a, you know, a um, upcycling or recycling or repurposed um, intent. In the, at, at BU in those days where we agonized endlessly over which wood goes with which wood and which part should be which wood, he was just sort of um, mixing different kinds of wood together and that generated its mm-hmm. own really effective aesthetic. So the big message out of that 10 days was, come on, loosen up. Yeah, that's great. Um and what is the legacy going forward for you from that? Oh, I never, <laughs> I never got fast, but I think it's always been a value <laughs> that I've carried uh, to look at ways of working more quickly, but also just sort of the recognition that time spent fabricating doesn't legitimize anything. Something that's made in five minutes can be as effective as something that's made over the course of a semester. And so don't, don't try to legitimate your work by hours of hard labor. So it's sort of always having been attracted to ways that one can work, trying to find ways to work more quickly, even though I'm not very good at it. And I I think the whole woodworking furniture field is a challenging field to work quickly in, in general. It's a, it's not, it's not a material that, yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing challenge, but something that I definitely carried forward. I'd like to thank Tom Loser for being on Why Make. And uh, as we end all our sessions on Why Make, Why Make? Why Make? Why Make? Make sure to listen to Tom Lozier on episode 42 and Tommy Simpson on episode 38 of the Why Make podcast. You can listen to Why Make on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also grab our RSS feed or a direct download from our website, y-make.com. This episode is currently brought to you by the Holy Pockets of Rob and Eric. Please help us build our creative funding base at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash whymakepodcast. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at at whymakepod. This episode is recorded on Squadcast and edited by us on Audacity. 
Thanks for listening.